When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hi. You are rolling with Jason and John. 92.9 FM ESPN. Uh, happy hump day to you. Certainly was a happy night last night. My goodness. Memphis Grizzlies. They finish off. What has to be one of the most improbable 3-0 road trips in franchise history. It has to be. Knocked off Dallas last night, finished off this road trip, 120-103, improved to 11-10 on the road, which is crazy to think about because that's the road record of a pretty elite team, or it would suggest as much. Um, And finish off this perfect three-game stretch, what, Lakers, Phoenix, Dallas, how? How'd they do it? And can they? <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll ask that question today. We'll go through it, and we'll uh, can they keep it up? That's certainly a question. I mean, yesterday we're in here saying, "Oh man!" After John Morant news, obviously uh, terrible news, knowing now that he's going to be out for the season following shoulder surgery. Uh, we're all down. We're all saying, "Okay, here's the plan." Not going to be a lot of exciting moments. Well, last night was exciting. Oh, that's great. So maybe it's a sign there can still be some. We'll talk about whether or not what we saw is sustainable. Uh, you tweeted about this. Darko Rajakovic yeah. is now the Toronto Raptors head coach, former Grizzlies assistant, and really right-hand man of uh, Taylor Jenkins. He went off last night, and Ooh. it is worth a listen. Uh, following, He went off following their loss to the Lakers, and we'll, we'll talk about why he went off and let you hear some of that audio because I, I think we were all Darko last night. Yeah. I, I, I felt him. I don't know about you, but I, I felt Darko and his rant. Uh, number one, Purdue. And number two, Houston, both go down in college basketball last night. So shake up at the top of the polls, obviously. And speaking of college basketball, the number 13 ranked University of Memphis Tigers back in action on the court down at FedEx Forum. Uh, That's a 7 o'clock game. ESPN Plus, pretty sure, against a UTSA team that is 7-8 and and not good. Maybe this, maybe this, after what, it's losing count. It's been four pretty close ones, Mm -hmm. or four that have been too close for comfort. Maybe this will finally be the one. Penny Hardaway was talking about this, that this week at his radio show where Memphis takes control early yeah. and you you hold control throughout. Not so dramatic. You don't need at least a Javon Quinley to win a three to win the game like you have the last two. So we'll certainly be talking about uh, the University of Memphis being back in action and trying to avoid the upset that was going around uh, certainly last night. Ryan Silverfield, the Memphis football coach, has made another hire for that defense that certainly needs an overhaul and a defense that was certainly improved uh, we saw in the bowl game, he's already hired his defensive coordinator, or in this case, he uh, promoted him in Jordan Hankins. He's adding uh, to that defense. We'll talk about that hire. And then I got to be honest with you, I uh, saw the news this morning from Schefter. We talked at length about you know the possibility of another head coaching job opening with the Chicago Bears and whether or not now you'd be prompted to make the move even more because you got a guy like Mike Vrabel that's out there with the Titans having moved on from him. 
Saw from Adam Schefter this morning the Bears are keeping Matt Eberflus. Oh, made me sick to my stomach. Now there will be some firings or have been already for the Bears, and maybe that's maybe maybe it's a sign that I don't need to feel so sick. We'll talk about why, but I definitely um, would have loved to have gotten the upgraded head coach that would have been <laughs> yeah. Mike Vrabel. I don't know. Maybe it's all set up now for Vrabel to go to the Patriots. Of course, they don't have their yeah. opening official yet because they haven't done anything with Bill Belichick. Those meetings are still to take place. But, yes, in the NFL, we know that at least there won't be a seventh coaching opening right now with the Chicago Bears. They have announced that they are keeping Matt Eberflus. Before we do all that uh, and get to all that, let me set up everything. We're a little down, too. We got John out again. Second day, he's under the weather. Uh, we will have Mark Giannato at 11.30. He's back from Houston. Uh, national champion Mark Giannato, the Michigan man. Yes, uh, yes now crowned as a, as a national championship champion. So I'm sure he'll come in here with his chest poking out, and rightfully so. He, he deserves it at this point. I saw where Harbaugh is still dodging all questions about timeline and whether or not he's you know coming back and everything else. Uh, so I doubt we'll get any insight on on. I, I am curious though. I've, I've heard it from Mark, and I heard it before the game. He thinks Harbaugh's gone. We talked to Jason yeah. Fitz this this on Monday, who thinks there's no way Harbaugh's turning this 130 million or 115 or whatever it ends up coming to this contract that Michigan's out on the table for him. Interested to see where where Giannato's at. We'll talk some Tigers with him. We'll obviously talk about the state of the Grizzlies and whether or not what they're doing right now is sustainable. We mentioned another man down. Norton Hurd fourth will not be able to join us third hour. He's under the weather as well. It's going around. Brad gave me a gift this morning. It was actually some disinfectant wipes. (laughs) And I think it was very smart, actually, because we are trying to avoid what is going around. I think it got heard the same flu-type symptoms have got John down, had me before Christmas. So, uh, And I know at one point Jeff was down. Now yeah. That uh, might have been something else, but it sounds like to me uh, I have built up an immunity, I'm hoping, but we are taking all precautions with the disinfectant wipes and everything exactly. else so that we can stay on the air for you guys. So lots to get to. Uh, and, Brad, I'm putting you on the spot because I hadn't yeah, mentioned fine. to you. It feels like the perfect day yeah. to go cap or no cap. You got it. Cap. It means lion, but built different. Now, it's cap. I'm going to say cap. For no cap. I'm going to say that that's no cap. On 92.9's Jason and John Show. Yeah. All right, a little bit different here where usually John's running these off and I'm, we're both responding to it afterwards, but we'll go back and forth like here. It. And I'll, 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 I'll tell you what I've got. Got three here. Okay. The Grizzlies are going to prove us all wrong. Would certainly be this guy. I thought of this one. And yeah. make the play in. Um, yeah. Let's talk about cap or no cap. Let's yep. talk first about what they did last night. 120-103 over the Mavs. And I, and, and I must say, you know, yesterday in talking about what I feel like the plan should be, which is to basically go to the young guys at this point, not, not drive your veterans into the ground trying to make an unrealistic push for the play-in. Um, one of the things I'd said is, yes, sure, there's going to be fewer exciting moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you don't have John Moran out there who you've been 6 and 3 with when he's on the floor, the dunks, the excitement, the the raising uh the level of play around him that obviously he brings when he's there. You know, it felt like there'd be fewer of those moments and uh certainly with this third difficult game on this road trip, I mean, you go into that one thinking, man, just go out there and, and, and throw everything you got. Right. And, and, and one thing you didn't have, again, or last night for the first time this season, was Jaron Jackson Jr. So, so the task in front of you seemed a, a doubly, triply hard. And yet here's this Memphis Grizzlies team finding a way, in this case, with a whole bunch of bench guys that for a lot of the season hadn't done much for you, coming through for you. Now, I'd be remiss if we didn't start at the top with Desmond Bain, 32 points. He was phenomenal again and continues to be. Marcus Smart. For the first time in his career, 
He's gone over 20 points for three straight games, 23 points, two steals, before he leaves that game with a finger injury. And that was another thing that went into last night. More injury lose. You lose Marcus Smart, who's shooting a three and making it, apparently with a dislocated finger, got to leave the game immediately after. Now a guy who basically had been red hot for you from three over this three-game road trip, you know, now you got another injury issue with him. Who knows how long he'll be gone? Hopefully, with dislocated fingers, out. you can pop it back yeah. in. But you got to figure whether it's a you know at least a game or two. Yep. There's a chance that you might not see Marcus Smart, and and even that uh, didn't slow these Memphis Grizzlies last night. We mentioned that Jaron Jackson missed the game. The Grizzlies started Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Vince Williams Jr., and Bismack Biombo. They really had no business being in this game, particularly when you look on the other side and you see Kyrie Irving over there, you see Luka, and the two of them are combining for 64 points, and yet you control the game. Um, Harrington, I was listening to him with, with, uh, with Jeff Calkins mm-hmm. this morning, and he's absolutely right. They've turned up the defense. And if you go look at the, uh, the the defensive ratings right now over at NBA.com, Memphis has moved up to ninth. And that has certainly been part of this. I mean, last night, Vince Williams Jr. is an example of that. And we've yeah. seen it all. We saw it again through this three game road trip, particularly in that Phoenix game. He's getting late blocks, his defensive energy. But did you see Xavier Tillman last yeah, night? Yeah. Xavier Tillman is getting caught, is switches, and he's on Tim Hardaway Jr. And he's batting at the ball, knocking away, forcing turnovers. Rebounding. Like, like, and brings the rebounding with a double double. Arguably his best game of the season. Roddy, 11 points. Yeah. All of those came in a stretch where he scored 11 straight points, including yeah. a dunk. I believe it was Josh Green he got, where Roddy's playing outside of his gourd. Uh, Zaire Williams gives you 14. Luke Kennard, another 14. And we mentioned Vince Williams Jr. doesn't have the huge scoring game with just six points. It's a couple of threes, but goes six rebounds, six assists. They got something from everybody last night, even with more guys down. Jaron Jackson, like we mentioned, Marcus Smart unable to finish the game. And like we mentioned, this team now, for whatever reason, and last night you could tell there was even more of a feeling of, okay, pressure's off. Now nobody right. nobody, nobody thinks we're going to make the play-in. We've got all these young guys. I mean, uh, Brad, it was sort of, it was a lot like, it looked a lot like the plan that, we la- that, that I laid out. Right. That you've got to go to these young guys now. Because you know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, you've got yes. you, there's there's yeah. no reason not to. And I know Gigi and Loravia didn't play, but those guys were active last night. They came yeah. on in, in in garbage time. But my point is, it's time to go to those guys. And yeah. last night, with no pressure, because everybody's written them off, including yours mm-hmm. truly. Yeah. They went out there and played free. They played with incredible intensity defensively. And for I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, and 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 I hadn't thought of this previously, but it's it, it's come it's come to my mind now. You know, for all of the criticism that we've hurled at Taylor Jenkins this season at times, right? Yeah. This should look better than six and nineteen when you've got. This is some of the some of what we've when you, when you've got Jaron Jackson, when you've got Desmond Bain playing at the level they are. This should look better. Taylor Jenkins has caught a lot of flack, so much so that that you've had guys like George Sedano and others going to players and saying, "How do you feel about your man? How are we feeling about Taylor Jenkins right now?" If we're going to be, and, and I'm not telling you that, that, that Taylor Jenkins is above criticism, but if we're going to be critical, and there have been times where I've questioned the rotation, we all have. There have been times that seem where you feel like you should be getting more with what you have. Shouldn't we look back at particularly these last two of the three games and say, wow, with nothing, 
You went out and beat three teams that are ahead of you in the standings. This should be a feather in your cap, right? This this galvanized team, it seems, it should be a feather in your cap. Now, I'm not telling you that makes Taylor Jenkins the guy that's going to uh, officially take this thing over the top when you finally get there in the years to come or whatever that is. But I'm just saying I don't hear anything today about, wow, mm-hmm. Taylor Jenkins over the last two, three games in a spot where it looked like the Grizzlies were going to start this, uh, maybe go 0-3 on this road trip, has got these guys playing free. He's got them playing with an incredible amount of energy. And, frankly, he's getting wins he shouldn't with a bunch of uh, a bunch of wing players hadn't done much with you, much for you all season long. And uh, role guys who played certainly yesterday uh, above their heads. And so I, I, I just think we should give – because we'd ask the question, has he done anything where it looks like the, the coaching has paid off? Well, it certainly looks like it has, and particularly from the defensive side over these last three games. So I think I just think if we're, if we're going to be critical of Taylor Jenkins, and, and that's fine, we, we should be of the head coach. I think when, when, when you pull something out of your hat like this, you've also got to give him some credit, not just the players, but Taylor Jenkins as well. Um, this is clearly a galvanized team, and I think clearly taking the pressure off helped them play the way that they did last night. You were about to say something. No, I would say no cap in terms of their effort last night. Cap in terms of going forward. I think that it's going to be a miracle if they can keep doing this this every single game because you out-rebounded Dallas 54-33. to And I think it's not a a mistake that Jaron wasn't in there and you out-rebounded the Dallas Mavericks by 20 points. Like, there's something to be said about that. You know, Jaron's got a rebound. Whoever's in there's got a rebound, whether it's Xavier Tillman or Biombo scoring two points and and collecting just a, he didn't even have that many boards last night. It was your bench players. It was the scrappers. It was Kennard. It was Smart. It was all these dudes coming off the bench, like uh, not Laravia, but like Tillman and w- Williams had a good game too. So like, I think if if Bain can play like an all star, which this dude. He's not going to get the credit well, he, for it. Well, like, he was back home, so he was man, extra he charged up last night. He was rocking and rolling. I mean, he looked. He was doing step backs. He had thirty nine minutes, sharpening a little bit. He was in his yeah, zone. Smart is the one that I uh, I continue to be amazed with on this this three game road trip because I just don't know if I see Smart continuing to do this. I'm glad you went. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm glad you went there because that is the right answer, Brad. It's cap to think that they're still going to make the play in or that this is sustainable. Yeah. Here's the key key reason: this team shoots. On the season, 34% from three this year. That is last in the league. They're, they're chunking them up. They're right there up there. In terms of makes even, uh, I think it's around 13.3. That's among the highest in the league. The, they're chunking them up, but the this percentage going, yeah. has literally been last in the league. And if you look at the three games on this road trip, they shot 41.2%. Lights Again, out. that's up yeah. from up from 34 yeah. on the season, which includes, by the way, this three-game stretch. Against the Lakers, it was 51%, 23 or 45. Phoenix, 34.7%, but you knocked down 17 of them. And then last night, you shoot 37.8%. All over, all of them over your season average. And oh, by the way, the man you just mentioned, yep. Marcus Smart, who's on this stretch offensively that we've never seen from him in his career, never been over 20 points. Now, some of that is role yeah. on that Boston team. All that said, he was 16 of 35 <laughs> in the three games from three. Marcus Smart, who had That's not crazy. been shooting the ball yeah. well, yeah. shooting 45.7%. So I go back and ask you, is that sustainable? Is Marcus no. going to keep scoring like this? Oh, by the way, remember, he's dealing now with the dislocated finger. And then you go back to as good as it was to see Roddy go off there for a stretch, 11 straight points. You know, Xavier Tillman throw that double-double out there that was arguably, again, his best game of the season. The defense from him was tremendous. Then, you know, Zaire Williams getting you with 14 
You are not going to get that on a nightly basis. And and so as good as as good as the feeling was last night, and I tell you it was, when Zaire Williams sort of knocked down that three to to keep Dallas at bay, it was really the last one that you felt like, okay, that, that it's too much it's at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, he turned around, slapped T. Morant, and and I was I, I'm up out of my seat. Oh yeah, like fired great up. win. You had yeah. told me before, and oh. hey, I'm you might want to tank, but I'm rooting for the win, Jason. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and that's where no, we that's I, think I think we we're all, all were. Yeah, we're all emotionally yeah. yesterday. Sure. I don't believe that that is sustainable, yeah. and in fact, I don't think I'm out on a limb here, and and frankly. No, you're not going to sit Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, uh, uh, a ton the rest of the way. He sat last night. Uh, obviously, was listed as questionable with that with that contusion. But from the standpoint of we said, man, it's time to just unroll the young guys. Yeah. Throw them. Out. He they did that last night. You know, y- you saw that. And yes, last night and um and 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 for much of this three game road trip, it's all felt good. But I don't want to get so caught up in the feels that I start. You know, t- yeah. trying to talk myself into again that this is sustainable. What is sustainable? And Harrington touched on this. Right now, defensively, this team is locked in. It's a credit to Taylor Jenkins at a time where guys could have folded up whatever else. They are playing the best defense they have all season. We mentioned it to you. They've moved up to ninth overall yeah. in defensive rating. That's impressive. And that that sort of effort is sustainable. But it's the offense. Yeah, it's this offense that's still missing Stephen Adams. That's gonna, not going to have John Morant for the rest of the season. And that last night was banking on its bench, and a bench came through forty-three points, um, outscored Dallas's bench forty-three twenty-four. Those kinds of things aren't going to last you the rest of the season. And there still could be a silver lining in that, Brad, with those you know rolling those young guys out there, seeing what you've got, trying to figure out the 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 the, the things on the wing, who's an asset and who's not, and doing that. You could, in turn, improve your draft position. And no, that's not telling your guys to go out and lose, but it's a result of playing younger guys. And last night was that, but they stepped up. They stepped up. They didn't care that we'd written them off, and they knock off a Dallas team that, frankly, had owned them. I think I heard that uh, Luka had won 10 of the last 11 when he plays against Memphis, yeah. uh, a Dallas Mavericks team that had owned them and clearly underestimated them. Uh, they got the surprise last night. But like I tell you, I, I do not – I'm not buying – that they're going to prove us all wrong and make a play-in, but it will be fun watching them try, watching them try yeah. to do it. And that was certainly was was the case last night, but I would say not sustainable. I would say it's capped that they're going to prove us wrong and make the play-in. All right, moving on to the next one. Tigers should be on upset alert tonight with number one and number two going down last night. We mentioned mm-hmm. it. Tigers have got UTSA <laughs> down at FedEx Forum tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. That's an ESPN Plus game. Uh, the line, well, the, yeah, yeah. The still Tigers nineteen are, and a half. The Tigers are favored by nineteen and a half points. And what I would tell you is that this is the second worst team. So, uh, first time they faced them in conference as a new conference member, UTSA. This is the second worst team that the Tigers will have faced. Mm. Um, only behind our our boy Alabama State, our our, our guy Tony Madlock. That that's how bad um, we're oh. talking for this UTSA that comes in. This UTSA team that comes in here, two eighty five at Kempom. So I'm going to tell you, oh boy, they got a big front line. You know they do. They've got a seven footer and a six ten guy that they play. But this is not a good team, and there is a reason I am laying uh, that out again. Two eighty five at Kempom. Alabama State was two ninety five. For, just for comparison's sake, Tulsa was one seventy seven at Kempom. Now that ended up being a three point game on the road. SMU was forty eight. You're playing 285 tonight. Mm-hmm. And so here's my hope. Um, no, Memphis shouldn't be on upset alert because Memphis should be handling business from the opening tip 
hopefully till the end. Penny Hardaway's harping on this, talked about it at his radio show on Monday. We've got to get control, keep control, and it's one of the things that's hurting you at the net. Frankly, these close wins are one of the big reasons why you're still down in the 40s. Uh, Despite being 13th ranked in the country, your net doesn't match up with where the AP voters have got you and everybody else. And one of the reasons is because it's been these close wins. Frankly, that that, that Tulsa win, Vanderbilt, um, you know, these these technically and from a computer standpoint should have been blowouts when you consider the talent that you're the, the, the opposing team that you're playing. It needs to happen tonight. Right, you at least hope it, like we said, that it doesn't come down to a Javon Quinterly three. Um, you know, the last time Memphis started a season three and zero in conference, it's been a minute. Was two thousand twelve thirteen? Um, we told you uh, Memphis in these spots. Penny Hardaway had been one and four in conference road openers. You found a way to get through that and knock off Tulsa. You found a way to come back from a double digit lead against SMU, a double digit deficit against SMU, uh, and, and you hit the final shot with Javon Quinterly. You get through, get the win. It's going to be important from a metric standpoint. My man John Martin's been worrying about this. If it's going to be, listen, if it comes down to the difference between a two and a three seed and they go over and look at your net, you've got a bunch of close mm-hmm. wins yeah. over these teams, that might be reason for them, again, to bump you down to a three because the metrics right now don't like you. And so eventually at some point, and particularly against the bottom feeders of the conference like this, you've got to start blowing these teams out. You want to move up metrically. You want to have everything... You want to have your, your, your resume right for Selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. These need to start turning into blowouts, and that way the net, everything else will match up. Um, I, I, listen, you know, obviously the Tigers losing Caleb Mills was a blow, but we've, we've seen whether it's Jaquan Walton stepping up and all the things that he can do sort of from the wing in terms of rebounding, in terms of being a, 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 an effort guy defensively, you know, Filling in for Caleb Mills, him, we saw Jalen Young step up against SMU and provide a spark. It's doable. We said this is absorbable for this Memphis team. And so there should be no reason, is my point right now, um, to play down to the level of UTSA tonight. You got Penny Hardaway reminding his team we need to get some blowout wins. And my hope is that this is where it's going to start. The idea should be tonight to crush this team. Again, this at least from a metric standpoint, the second worst team right now that you will have played behind Alabama State. And so at some point, you got to start, you know, yeah, make it a little yep. easier on yourself. Now, some I would heard, I, I heard, will argue that, well, game like this, Penny Hardaway going to play 10, 11, 12 guys feeling like we should roll these guys, and that's going to keep it tight. Yeah. Um, man, stick with, the, stick with the seven or the eight that we know Right when times have gotten tough this year, you, you've you've tightened up to that rotation. Man, stick with that until you put these guys away. Either way, again, what you're trying to do is improve your net ranking, and so you know, controlling a game, winning it comfortably is the line. Again, nineteen yeah. and a half is Ken Palm. I think has got it as a twenty-two point game. Controlling the game can help you, and again, can help your resume. And so that's all part of it. I know what you know. We've come in here after a couple of close first conference wins. So, well, it's just good they got the win. That's all that's going to matter to the selection committee. But again, you need to mix some of those in with some blowouts here, and it's particularly if you want to rise up the the net and elsewhere where you're still in the low 40s, despite the fact that you're number 13. So I would tell you, Brad, that it's uh, it's cap that Memphis needs to be on upset alert because this is not the the level of opponent uh, that you should be you know, battling with down to the wire, at least like you have in the first two. That is cap.
you need to play well so you can also get ready for Wichita State because that's going to be actually you know a decent, a decent road game that you're going to set up for on Sunday. But I was looking at UTSA. The only thing I knew about UTSA, but this, by the way, is not the football side. This is the basketball side. Not even close. Those are not comparable programs in terms of their basketball to their football because their football is really good right now. And I think earlier this week you showed me the picture of the gymnasium that they play in. It looks like Ridgeway. Yeah, it's like good it's, that Memphis didn't go in there this year. Yeah. You'd, be de- you'd be depressed the moment you saw the place. The, the one it's a high th- school gym. The only thing I'd add to what you said, which was great, which is, uh, is, is you know, Tomlin hasn't started yet, I don't believe, for this team. No, and and I think I, I read a stat from uh, from Memphis. Um, I'd have to go back and pull it up, but I, I don't expect that to change anytime soon because I think they're now 10-0 and 0 with Dandridge and Jordan both in the starting the, the line, thing you would, know, yeah. you know how Penny is. I know if he feels he like something's yeah. working, he's not gonna, he's not gonna change and, that. So and I get that, but they, they start, do have to get him more incorporated. Their seven footer can shoot threes. That's why I bring that up because that was the one wrinkle they threw at Rice in the last game. Was like he he ranges out pretty well. Not that Malco can't do that. Lingard, Carlton Lingard is he's, the seven. He's a pretty good player. Yeah. Like he can he can also shoot. So that's something to think about. And I, I presume that Tomlin will also sit the bench too. But I mean, you're gonna have to guard that guy. You know. 20 feet. Yeah, it's it's 10 and 0 Memphis is this year when Malcolm Dandridge and Nick Jordan are in the starting lineup. The Tigers have, have only have used three different starting rotations or starting lineups this season. That's usually in the double digits by now. Mm-hmm. So Penny's I mean Penny's actually stuck to something here in terms That's of good. the base. Now where I'm with you is though and you saw it last game with Tomlin found out you have got to, as you, and especially against this lower level competition, you want to get Tomlin more involved. You want to get him more incorporated, certainly yeah. offensively. They need better perimeter and, defense, too. Like their perimeter defense, especially at those close games, like the Tulsa game, they've really. A lot of switching has led up to a lot of open yeah, shots. They and, really need to guard 20 feet, you yeah, know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I do not, again, I, I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I thought they would handle business better against Tulsa. Knew that SMU one would be tough because yeah. uh, defensively how good SMU is, but it, it's been, you know, our, our predictions on this team haven't been right at all times. There have been games where you thought you'd see a blowout and you didn't because, like we've mentioned, the Tigers have had a tendency to play down yeah. to the level of competition this year. I'm expecting, especially with Penny Hardaway harping on it, them to handle business from uh, from start to uh, to finish. I've got a couple more, but we've got to get to uh, we've got to get to Mark Giannato. Before we do that, want to tell you, as good as the regular season ends, there's nothing like NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, yeah, man. Six games, three days, going to be fun just vegging in front of the TV and watching all these games. And for these teams, it's win or go home. But for you, you'll always have a spot in the playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up the W. It's what I love about FanDuel. They make it easy, especially for new customers with the pre-made SGPs. How do you put your SGP together? Well, you can follow what others are doing. Put that toe in the water until you get comfortable. New customers, you get started, too, with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash Smith. You get signed up today. Again, that promo code is J-S-M-I-T-H over at FanDuel.com. Make every moment more. Of course, with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and I'm 929 FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. <clears throat> $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline 1-800. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Eight eight nine nine seven eight nine. ESPN. Yeah, that's right. Margiannato is the national champion. He's also an award-winning columnist for the Commercial Appeal. Co-host of the Giannato and Jeffrey Show, which you can hear right here on 929 FM ESPN from 2 to 4. You can follow him on X at MGianato. Read him at CommercialAppeal.com. He joins us now. Um, what a trip it must have been for you. You had talked about it with us last week. You were going on this was it going to be 20 hours, whatever? It was going to be less than 20. You weren't going to get a hotel room. You were going to go through this thing. It, with I did get a hotel room. You ended up getting the uh, hotel room. Yes. Okay. I slept in like a hotel room for two, two and a half hours, basically. Yeah. Like oh. checked in at 3.30 in the morning and then <laughs> checked out at 6. Wow. Good. For the airport. Yeah. I mean, you, didn't even get, you didn't even get five hours sleep. Yeah. Well, we were celebrating. I was out <laughs> celebrating. And well, it was, I, so what happened was I was supposed to land at like, I think it was like 1.50. A, on game, game day. day, and I was looking at the forecast on Saturday, and I was like, "Man, this like if I'm delayed at all, I'm gonna be so mad because I have such a limited time window here." And it was like thunderstorms throughout the you know throughout the afternoon. And great wind, right? Yeah, a lot high of wi- wind. yeah high winds yes. and thunderstorms, and so I convinced my wife. I was like, "Look, like and but as the week went on, I think she." more and more understood yeah, so why this was this such was, an important course, trip for me. Once in a lifetime opportunity. And so she was like, you know what? She was, she was like, I don't want to have to deal with you like <laughs> sulking, sulking and whatever. Holding yeah. it against me. So, yes. Yeah. Right. It's not holding against me. Just like I would have been yeah. upset, you know, like yeah, just absolutely. with myself, whatever, if I was late <laughs> or missed, whatever. And so I changed to an early morning flight, like a 6.45 a.m. flight on Monday. And so, and even earlier than anticipated. And well, that was like the only other. That was the there was there's there were like three direct flights from Memphis to Houston on United on Monday, and that was the, I was in the middle one, and that was the early one. But so I got there, you know, on relatively on time, like nine o'clock, and it was it ended up working out perfectly. And then honestly, I, I haven't actually gone back and checked my actual flight to see if it got delayed. But several of my friends, um, it was so windy, like they. From about like noon to like two or three, 
they weren't landing planes at the airports in Houston. And like a couple of my friends got redirected to Austin, Texas and had to drive, then hustle Yeesh. and drive, you know, two, three hours from Austin to Houston. Um, and every like, Michigan fan in the country trying to get down there. I mean, y'all were I, you, y'all were deep. Too. It was it was seventy five twenty five or seventy thirty. It y'all was took it over. Like Washington had like one end zone and kind of the corner and whatever. But yes, it was it was a lot deep. of Michigan fans. So um, so at what point? Because it it was a one score game in the fourth. It's right? funny. We're just I was just texting with some friends now about it because um, they were like. They've gone back and watched it. And, like, the third quarter was a little nerve-wracking because Michigan should have been up by more. Right. And Washington had a couple shots down 2013. Yep. Um, and there was that there was that that throw that Penix missed where if he hits it, they probably get a touchdown on it. My and it's a, yeah, and it's a tie. And it wasn't the – it was a bad throw by Penix. It like, was. He missed it. Like, if you really watch that game, like, they got – he hadn't done all season. He'd been hitting them. Through. He the, thought he was going to go back shoulder-ish or more in the other direction. Yeah, Michigan had him frazzled. Like, yep. the wide receivers held up fine. Like, I know, like, they, they didn't have big numbers, but that was because Penix, I thought, played poorly. I think Michigan kind of had him – In a they, way that he hadn't been all season. They exposed him as, like, this is why he's not one of the three Y'all or made four him best look quarterbacks. And, he, yeah. and hurt him by the end of the game, it looked like, or yeah. he aggravated something or something. Um, so, you know, and it was just uh, – it was just cool. I'd never been – like, you know, I've covered some big events in my career, but I've never been to, like, a national championship game or a Super Bowl or even, like, the Olympic. I never covered that stuff. Like, the – you know, like I covered the sh- I've covered the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. Um, I've covered like Sweet Sixteens and Elite Eights and things like that. But I've never covered the Final Four. Like I've never been to an event like that. And then to be there, like a lot of people I hadn't seen in forever. Plus, then just how many Michigan people there were. Yeah, you was, don't have to cover it. You get to enjoy it. Yeah, you get to immerse yourself in. It. Yes, yeah. I get to you know be in the tailgate oh. scene. Be, you know, be a little lubed up. You know, get a little drunk. I heard you, you know? sound like you might have had a couple. Awesome. Of, I was listening. With well, Jeffrey. I was trying. I was trying to stay you know, cool before the hit. Yeah. yeah. I think I would have passed a breathalyzer at that point. Still, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was just like one of those like this is why I love sports moments. Like this is just so great. Like you know, you're just hugging strangers, and you know, it just and even though like we were pretty high up. Like I don't know if you saw my pictures. Like we were pretty high up, but it was still like it was fine. Like it wasn't the greatest seat in the world, but it was fine. Like I could see everything, and it was I felt there. It didn't yeah. feel like I was on another planet or anything, and uh, I'm really glad I went. I don't know if a lot, you know, there are a lot of circumstances that came together for Michigan to win the title this year. I, I got two more questions for you on this. Um, did you see Connor Stallions, and what do you think now about whether or not Harbaugh's coming back? I'll take the second one first. I don't think he's coming back. I heard you. that. Now, you said that before the game. So I said it before the game, here. but even what he said afterwards convinced me even more. He like, hasn't I think, shot it down like you could I mean, the question is more, uh, to me, is not is he going to go or stay? It's is someone going to offer him or not? If someone offers him a job, I think he's taking. Because the last time he tried, he didn't get it right. What? Did, yeah, was it like Minnesota he, or something. I can't Min- remember. Minis- who the team it was, was Minnesota yeah. last year, or maybe that was two years. It was two years ago. Whenever two Kevin O'Connell ago. got That's the right. job, he was a candidate. And then I believe Denver last year was interviewed him last year. But uh, I think if he's offered a job, he's going. Now Chicago's off the board. It looks like. Done. Um, I don't know if the Titans is a good fit. You know, I think he want. You know, the the one that I have circled. Chargers. See, I yes, Chargers. Um, the question is, are they going to offer him enough money? And now maybe he's so desperate to go to the NFL, it won't matter. Like he's got you know fifteen million a year or whatever, thirteen million a year waiting for him at Michigan if he wants to stay at Michigan. So I would think. 
he's looking for like at least ten million to go coach in the NFL if that's the case. Um, and the Chargers have notoriously not paid like that. Yeah. Um, the team I have my eye on is New England. Um, if they get rid of Belichick, because they're going to have a number, they'll have the number three pick. Because I think Harbaugh's thinking of this in terms of I want to go to a team that either has a good young quarterback or I can, or I can go get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so New England's the one I kind of have my eye on from a from a Harbaugh perspective, but they haven't done anything yet right. with Belichick. So um, we'll see. And then the Connor Steins part, it's funny. So I just, last night, the videos started making the rounds of, I guess like there were some Michigan fans buying Connor Stallion's beer at a bar after the game. Turns out it was the bar I was at. Like I was at the same bar as Connor Stallion's wow. at the same time. I just had no idea he was there. Like, I didn't see him. No one said anything. It, this bar was packed with hundreds. Oh yeah, it was just all yeah, Michigan. It, it, there were two places where, like, for, I don't know how word got around, but, like, there were two places in Houston, like, yeah, like, this is where a lot of Michigan fans are going. And there was one, if we had gone to that one, it ter- sounded like the whole team showed up at, like, 2 a.m. It was, like, more of a cl- but it was more of, like, a club. club. And that's not like, that's not my yeah, scene, necessarily. I, I went more of the bar route. Yes. But if we had gone to the—some of my friends were disappointed because they found out afterwards if we had gone to the club— the whole, the, the whole team showed up. Well, the whole team showed up at 2 a.m. when the place was closing down, and they clear. I think they like cleared most out. people out for them. Um, but then at the bar we were at, um, it's called Kirby's Ale House. Um, Connor Stallions was there with us. We just didn't know. So, Would you have shaken his hand and said, "Thank I, you for your work"? Well, I think the journalist. I think the journal. I think the journalist in me would have kicked in. I would be like, "This would be a good column. I can get a good column out yeah. of this." You know, like that's probably what <laughs> would have happened. That's probably what would have happened. Yeah. Like whether I talked to him or not, I would yeah, have like. I would have like lingered and kind of like observed <laughs> and written something. So good. When he's on something, when he's got that yeah. that smell in his nose, he thinks he can yeah. get something. Yeah, but something I did. I had there. no idea he was there. So I got you. I got you. All right. Well, back here at home, and we're glad you're back home. We've got glad you got the national championship uh, across your chest. Um, let's start with Grizzlies. Okay. Yeah. I guess the question is, it's not, is this sustainable? Because, that, mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday you're out there with role guys that are playing above above their yeah. heads or everything else. But in terms of what you do going forward, what the plan should be, I spent a great deal of time on it yesterday. Now that we know mm-hmm. the jaw's out, it feels like there's maybe even some clarity in terms of now you know, I mean, pressure's off. They certainly played like that mm-hmm. yesterday. And maybe, again, you can just – you take the pressure off, you throw these young guys out there, nobody's expecting you to make the play. I, I stopped short of saying tank, but mm-hmm. playing young guys, improving the asset that whatever that pick is going to be, right, making sure that Marcus Smart and some of these guys that could be assets for you remain healthy seem paramount at this point. I, I don't know if it's that drastic. Are you still focused on, well, okay, if, if they can keep playing defense like this and hit shots, they can make a, a play and push? Am I getting too far ahead? Um, no, what should I think, the plan be? I, see, because I think, to me, it added more cloudiness in the sense of, like, how how are you supposed to do an honest evaluation of all this when Ja is not out there? Like, for instance, like Marcus Smart, you're right, is probably, you know, to me, if you're looking at this roster and we're saying Ja, Jaron, and Desmond Bain are off the table in terms of like That's they're not trading. Yes. The two best assets this team has now are probably this draft pick and Marcus Smart. That's what I said yesterday. Let's go. That's right. I don't think I would want to move off Marcus Smart not having seen really more than nine games or whatever it is with John Morant. You put in all this draft capital to go get him last summer, um, and now it's like 
I'd be a little, unless I was blown away by an offer, I don't know if I would want to move off of him because I want to see really what this looks like with John Morant next season, personally. And that's why I think it adds some cloudiness to all of this because it's like, you know, like, for instance, I've been saying, you know, I thought, you know, my assumption was Ja would play most of the rest of the year. Like, I was like, my gut, this wasn't based on reporting, but it was just like, my gut is Taylor Jenkins is not the coach next year. Because like this has been a disappointing. Year. Well, now it's like, are you? They're not going to move off of Taylor Jenkins after this no. season. You know, you had, you had whatever it was, nine games with John. It looked nor should okay. they. Yeah, as far it looked as okay. Yeah, yeah, it looked okay. Um, and so you got, you know, you got to give it a shot next year when you got everyone back. And so to me, it almost, you know, adds a little bit of cloudiness. But the other part is, you do have now this whether it's. Picking pretty high in the draft, picking a, you know, maybe you can get another young, you know, another, like, impact player in the draft, maybe. I know it's a weak draft, and, you know, we saw with Zaire, nothing's, you know, certainly nothing's guaranteed on that front. Um, or you can use it in a trade. Flip it. Yeah, you can flip it into something Which else. Which is what I'm thinking, because, probably you know, yeah. you got two more years of Jaron right well, now. Well, and you know they're going to make a deal at the deadline because they got to make room for Vince Williams. So they got to make a deal at the deadline. And maybe it's packaging two of these young guys in that pick for something meaningful, some meaningful role player um, that, yeah, will help them a little this year, but more is aimed towards when we get job back. Because I do think what the clarity this has provided is, you know, ultimately now we know you're only, you now only have two years left with Ja, Jaron, and Dez under contract. Like, with you know, this year's, in my mind, I know there's like, listen, the last three games have been great, and maybe they can fight there and claw their way back into the play-in. Even if they got into the play-in, none of it's going to have as very much meaning when Ja's not out there. Talk about that. There's like, no, no championship and it's fine. aspirations. Yeah, it's not, fine not if they get to the play-in. If, that, if, that, if that's what happens, I mean, it would hurt the draft pick, whatever. It hurts the asset. Yes, yes. it does. I Now, personally, I don't, like, the last three games have been great. I don't, like, they've shot the ball incredibly well. Like, incre- like not they just, don't do, typically. Yes. They're the worst three-point shooting team by yes. percentage. And so, I, I don't think it's sustainable. At the same time, it still means, you know, it did show that, like, you can st- we can still have some fun this still year. Still have some moments. I know. That's, that's why know? I had to step back. Because um, yesterday I was saying, oh, it's all the fun's done now. Yeah. No, we you, had some fun last night. Yeah, you can still have some fun. And um, so, it, I, I, think, I think that it's a precarious spot they're in. Because it's not horrible. Or as it's not as bad as it looked at times, or it felt during the six and nineteen start to this season in terms of oh man, all these young guys stink. You're seeing some of them are perking up here late. You know, like again, none of them are. You know, like Zaire, I still don't think is some great player, but like he has played better. Like we have to yeah. acknowledge, and even the last, the last month, two without job. Yeah, yeah, last month or so, he's played better. Um, and so, and then Vince Williams' emergence kind of. You know, like if he can continue on this, you know, I've I've said, you know, the 2022 NBA draft is going to be remembered as the worst day of the Zach Kleiman era. Um, but maybe maybe you got something out of it uh, with Vince Williams. It appears so. Um, but I do I do think though it it's to me it's like how are you going to make how can you make big judgments about this team? When John Morant will have played nine games in a 500 day span or 542 days, if you go by when the season started this year, it'll be 542 days between him, you know, 542 games, days in which he played nine games. Like, how can you, like, I find it hard to believe you're going to be able to make a, you know, great 
analysis of like what this team really needs when he's not out there and when you haven't seen them play in a lot of big moments with him lately. Um, because very clearly we saw in the nine games he's going to be a focal point yeah. when he comes back. Um, I don't think this shoulder injury, like I, you know, the, as bad as this injury is and poorly timed it is and kind of just stinks for him really because he just came back from the suspension, um, at least it's not a leg injury. Like I'd much rather this than something yeah. lower body, you know. Right. Like um, so, and we've there's examples of players, elite players, who have come back and still been elite. So from this, but I I think it makes things a little cloudier personally. Not yeah, clarity. You're right in terms of the short term, but I think in terms of how do we retool this roster around Josh, Aaron, and Dez? Oh yeah, I, it would have been easier if Josh still. I actually think it makes things decision. a little cloudier and. You know, but I still think they're going to make a move at the deadline. I think to consolidate a little bit, have to they have to, and then I think you know you have to make a ser- you have to make some serious calls this off season because I think you know ultimately um, there's some spots seven, eight, nine that you need to you need to shore up if you're the Grizzlies moving forward, whether it's through the deadline or through the off season, like your seven, eight, nine man in your right. rotation. Um, or whatever, if you want to include 10 because Taylor plays 10, like, you need to get better there. Um, and so, and that hasn't changed even though these three games have gone really well. Yeah. Uh, talking to commercial bill columnist Mark Giannano, also co-host of the Giannano and Jeffrey Show, which you can hear from 2 to 4 here on 929 FM ESPN. All right, moving on to Tigers, which it really feels like Penny is carrying all of our hopes and dreams in terms of the Memphis <laughs> sports scene right now. Um how important is it that they start controlling some of these games? Penny talked to, talked about it at his at his radio show for for because again my partner was going crazy about it on Monday because I guess when you get to Selection Sunday you know uh, if you don't have some some blowouts in these or certainly if you've lost any of them but his point was if you've still got that low you know net it could be the difference between when you're when you're talking so about, I disagree with him do you yes because I think if you look at the history last year. A four seed had a, I think who it was, I forget who it was in my column, but someone was a four seed with who ranked number four in the net. And I think it was Tennessee was a four seed, even though it was number four in the net. And then who was it? Um, UConn was a four seed, even though it was a 10 in the net. And then someone was a four seed, even though they were 30 in the net. The misconception is the net is not the only number these guys see. These mm-hmm. guys and gals on the selection committee see. There's also your Ken Palm rating. There's also KPI, which is uh, was developed by this Michigan State uh, administrator, Kevin Paga, way right. back when. And then also the uh, ESPN strength of record metric. Well, Memphis is number eight in both the Ken P- KPI, at least as of Monday. They were the five. The, the last two you're talking about. The yeah, ESPN the last two. And, and those KPI. are results. So but, what I want to emphasize Ken Palm to people. And the net are both, both but, in the 40s. But what I would say is both Ken Palm and the net are predictive metrics where they're like part of your rating is based on what it's predicting you to do later on. And those, if Memphis continues, if Memphis racks up wins, I don't even think it'll matter that much if it's blowout wins. The predictive analysis will work in their favor because they're right now predicting them not to be as good as what our eyes are telling us right. they are. They can and, bomb at them 14 4 in Like, I just think, point. I think this team, if they'd only lose like, two or three conference games and like one of them's against Florida Atlantic or and if one of maybe maybe they lose at SMU like as long as they're not taking losses to teams like UTSA 
I think as long as they have two or three conference losses, when we get down to it, and if they have like a 27-4 and four record, yeah. they're going to be a top-four seed. And I think the numbers are going to look better as we move on. And again, if you look at if you look at the way the committee operate has operated in recent years, I'd argue the more important number is their AP ranking, mm. AP poll ranking. If you go by it, like teams that are in the eight, top twenty of the AP poll, typically, you know, get seated accordingly. Right. Um, even last year, Memphis's net was twenty two last year, and yet they got an, eight, got an eight seed. seed. Like it, it, like. I don't think the net matters as much as like sometimes there's the perception of the league and that will be that Which will be more troublesome than like Memphis's net rating necessarily. So I don't actually agree with like all this angst about well, the I saw net the, rating. Co- the column that you said that if you're focused on net rating on this daily net rating, you're gonna drive yourself crazy. You, you need are. to sit back and enjoy the moment. It, well, and it enjoy is. the it's, season and for- it's partially how they're and I get it. I get why like cause the tournament is ultimately what drives audience in college basketball. We can talk, you know, here in Memphis, it's a little different because of how, but like in most places, the NCAA, in most places, the NCAA tournament is what matters to people. And so what ESPN has done in recent years, I've noticed, is they cover college basketball either, we're going to cover like a star player, you know, like like right now, Bronny James gets like an inordinate amount of coverage. Um, Or like, remember when Memphis had Imani like that for a while there, you know, they, the 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 lottery picks, if you will, future lottery picks, and then now they've got like Lenardi doing these bracketologies. It seems like every day. Whereas like even ten fifteen years ago, when I first started covering college sports, like Lenardi became part of the discussion like Later. beginning of February, right. basically. Right. Like it wasn't this daily thing that it's and, become now. I and and I think it's but then that's what made us all so hyper aware of it mm-hmm. when the reality is is if the Memphis takes care of business the way they position themselves here, they're I think they're gonna be a top four seed. Like the only way they're not a top four seed is if they you know lose games like tonight or like lose lose the game to Tulsa that they played the last week. And they are making it a little too close for comfort right now. Um and the question will be because I was looking back, like you know, Houston had, you know, I was some close calls had close calls over the last few years when they were dominating the league too. Now, you know, they didn't have, you know, they had like four or five, not half of the conference schedule. And if half of the conference schedule is going to be games like the last couple, um, you're you are gonna you're gonna lose a couple of those because like it's just the law of averages when you're playing a tight game down the stretch. You're not always going to hit that shot that Javon Quinterly has hit the past two games. Um, but at the same time, it felt to me listening to them that this last one felt a little different because the better half, you know, against like the Tulsa and the SMU games, they played one good half in each good each of those games. The first half against Tulsa was a good half. It wasn't their best half, but it was a good half. And the second half against SMU was a good half of basketball. And it felt to me like the fact that they played the good half in the second half and had to come back, um, I I heard just listening to the players and Penny, it, it felt like that may have been the wake-up call ultimately because they were in so much trouble against SMU. And ultimately it took you know a really big effort in the second half to come back from that 15-point deficit. And I suspect tonight, I you know I don't know if they'll beat the spread, but I think they'll. I don't think they're going to get a scare tonight. Yeah, I, I'm I, hoping. I'm hoping not. I think I, 
You'd I'm like hope- some of these to be easy. I'm hopeful we're going to, you know, they're going to tr- start trending upwards here based on the fact that, you know, what I heard and then and then how they played in that second half as well. They played pretty well and um, seemed like they got over the Caleb Mills hangover. Like, I think the second half in Tulsa, um, Jeffrey disagrees with me, but I think the second half in Tulsa was completely related to the shock of, like, losing not Caleb. just losing him, but kind of a gruesome injury and the way they were describing it, him like, you know, you've been to Tulsa, right? You've covered yeah, games there. Like, times. that... that area where the visitors are is really cramped and everyone's on top of each other including the media and like it sounded like you know he's out on a training table in the hallway bawling his eyes out now imagine if you're a player seeing that a guy who's like the leader on the team at halftime like I can understand why they came out and looked kind of like they were you know sleep like zombies a little bit in the second half of that Tulsa game and then I thought I thought they were going to lose the SMU game beforehand because of their travel issues coming back from right. Tulsa, where they didn't get back until forty eight hours before the SMU game. Uh, like I, I, I thought that first half was completely predictable, um, given what they had gone through, and they were also adjusting without Kayla Mills still. And but I, I sensed in that second half they kind of emerged from it, and we'll, you know we'll we'll get a better sense tonight because um, they should blow this team out, UTSA. They should. Um, if I heard correctly, you're going to have Memphis Athletics Director Larry Veach on your show. Yes, he'll, he'll be on at uh, like 2.40, I believe. Um, was was yesterday and this all becoming sort of getting closer to being official? I know some have stopped sort of <laughs> calling it official and everything, but but seems like we've conveyed ownership pretty well here or at least control oh, of Simmons I, Bank. Yeah, I think that. With the that, minutes vote. Yeah, that right? part's done now. It's approved. Yeah. Transformative, potentially, for the... I know we used words like transformative day, you know, major day yesterday. At least mm-hmm. the University of Memphis did. Would you? Would you? Uh, would you subscribe to that? Um, yeah, Having sure. Control? I mean, I, I don't know if transformative is the right word because that all to me that all depends on do they get in a do, like uh, two Conference years, would be, two three years from now, do we look back and go that was that was that was what that was what was the final hump, if you will, to get over to get to a better league. Because that's what, to me, this renovation only matters. Like, it matters. Like, it'll be nice to have suites at the Liberty Bowl and have it updated for the fans. Yeah, that helps them. So it's not the albatross that the building was for the city, right? Yeah. I mean, when you can maybe. get those new suites and everything else in there. Yeah, maybe. Now you industry. also see this stuff backfire. Like, I was covering Maryland when they put in suites and then spent all this money and went into debt and, you know, the suites didn't sell that well. well and that they, goes to the product. And then, it? you know, and then what... But and then you know what happened? They had to go to the Big Ten because they were so cash poor because of these suites that they built. Um, and and now you know, like yeah, they're making more money in the Big Ten. But I think if you talk to the average Maryland fan, they they miss playing Duke and UNC and you know that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, but so to me, it it really it's what does it look like five years from now? What does it look like ten, fifteen years from now? When Memphis has taken on this and like they say they're going to be, you know, like ultimately the city was losing $4 million a year or something owning Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. I mean, Memphis isn't just swimming in cash. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.